Wait a minute. I get a robe, I get Nikes, and all I had to do was leave my balls in Mexico? I'm Kevin Leeson. Aum Shinrikyo's new anime is a cult classic. I'm Torin Atkinson. I'm Joe Fulgham. Don't drink the flavor aid. Instead, have some caustic soda. Cult comes from the Latin cultus, which, uh, amongst other things, means worship and reverence. And we have a special guest in the pod zone, uh, Rebecca. Hello, everybody. Do you want us to say your last name? That's fine by me. Rebecca Dart. Unless I get stalked by any cults. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's okay. Curses. Are the soda jerks going to become a cult? Uh, I think they already kind of are. That's where the prophet is, right? Uh In a cult? Yeah. It's been our plan all along. Yes. (laughs) We want you to give us your firstborn children and alienate yourself from your family and... What do we do with those firstborn children? Because I know that you don't want them. I'll just send them away. <laughs> yeah, it's just part first, of the process, yeah, really. Firstborn children so that we can get rid of them. Then they have their secondborn child, and you point out, no, no, you lost the other one, so that's now technically your first. Give me. <laughs> All you're going to do is just make sure n- none of our soda jerks have kids. I think there's a pound for firstborn children. Yeah, yeah there you go. You can go pick oh, up one. Yeah. The cabbage patch. <laughs> a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist with members often living outside of conventional society – under the direction of a charismatic leader. Don't talk to your friends. Just listen to this podcast. Uh, and I'd like to start us off with a local cult. Okay. From Nanaimo. Nanaimo, B.C. on Vancouver Island. That's right. Brother 12. That's Brother XII. Oh, they're using the Roman numerals. That's really culty. Yeah, right yeah. out of the gate. That adds a certain class and debonair quality. A je ne sais quoi. Are you sure he's not Chinese and it's not Brother Xi? I am, because his real name is Edward Arthur Wilson. (laughs) Oh. A notorious English mystic who founded a cult near Nanaimo in the late 1920s. Born in England, Wilson attracted a devoted following of wealthy, socially prominent followers. As Brother 12, he established the Aquarian Foundation in 1927. So they like fish. Wilson encouraged the society's members to build homes at the colony headquarters. For fish. With homes the, for fish. <laughs> fish homes. With the goal of being a self-sufficient community separate from the outside world, the foundation acquired additional property on nearby islands through the donation of a wealthy socialite. Claiming to be the reincarnation of the Egyptian god Osiris. <laughs> ah. <laughs> How come they're usually Egyptian gods or Christian messiahs? Sometimes they're aliens, though. That's oh, true. yeah, okay. Probably because Egyptian gods look so cool. Yeah, like the, they got the, the good PR. Yeah, yeah, you've got those great artistic depictions of them that you can go, see that? The guy with the hawk head? That's me. Nothing gets the ladies hotter than a higher ghost. Rebecca, correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. <laughs> Check a me man out. with the head of an ibis? Nothing hotter than uh, that. Oh, yeah. Check me out. I'm standing sideways. <laughs> Wilson became increasingly dictatorial and paranoid, fortifying his island kingdom and accumulating a fortune in gold. His mistress, Madame Z, or Madame Z. <clears throat> Thank you. Worked the members unceasingly, the tasks being given considered tests of their fitness to advance spiritually. As conditions at the colony deteriorated, the disciples eventually revolted. One man, who had been imprisoned in a cellar on the northern end of Valdez Island, managed to find a rowboat and row to Nanaimo to report the circumstances to the B.C. Provincial Police. In a rage... Ancient Egyptian god rage. Uh-huh. Keep in mind. Yeah. Although, like, all the things that he was doing kind of did sound like stuff that an ancient Egyptian <laughs> god would do, right? It would be a pyramid. Yeah, imprisoning people, collecting gold, fortifying yourself. Wilson destroyed the colony, smashing its buildings and farm equipment and scuttling his yacht. This is totally like vengeful Egyptian god <laughs> stuff. This is awesome. Yeah, they scuttled a lot in ancient <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> Some scuttling. Yeah. Mostly sideways. Yeah. That explains the stances in all the... Yeah, 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 the 2D-ness. 
Uh, Wilson and Madam Z escaped in a tugboat, failing to appear in court to answer the charges brought by the former disciples. Wilson is alleged to have died in Switzerland in 1934, but may have faked his own death. He remains one of the most mysterious occult figures of the last century. Brother 12. Brother 12 and oh. Madam Z. They should come coordinate the numbers and letters to they're maybe like, get some kind of like a... the 1930s, you know, Nanaimo, Captain and Tennille. Sure. <laughs> they could have totally had an album. Are you kidding me? Brother what X percentage, of our, what Brother percentage of our audience is going to get that reference? What happened to the first 11 brothers? Yeah, that's a good question. That, that's how many times he's been reincarnated. Brother 1 was Osiris. Oh, oh man, that's a good idea. There's only 12 generations. Well, he wasn't always been here. He's particularly oh, long. He took some breaks. Or he's particularly sure, long-lived. Yeah, one of the reincarnations could have been a great oak tree. That's, <laughs> that's the great thing about making shit up. You don't have <laughs> to make no sense. Rules. Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't always been here. I only come when the world needs me. But I'm always trying to put myself in the shoes of the people who become the eventual followers of these gents. And they're typically gents. When the guy says, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm the reincarnation of Osiris... Come out here and build a house and live on my island and give me all your gold. At what point in time does it click in where they go, this guy sounds like he's got it going on. He's, he's got his head on straight. I think you escalate, though. Oh, yeah? I think you start off as jump. just being charismatic and they kind of go, this guy's really cool. And then he's like, listen, you have the power within you to do this. If you just listen to me. Oh, yeah, he's right. And I feel so much better. And then it builds up. And then right, eventually build your house. And then you're like, give me your gold. I've been following you for months now. And my life is so much better. And I feel better. What is why, why are you able to teach me this? Well, I'm the uh, reincarnation of the Egyptian god Osiris. And by then you're like, oh, that's a good point. That makes perfect sense. That's a good point. He probably doesn't jump in straight with the no. Osiris. No, he, it's it's not his pickup line at the bar. He shows up naked at your door one <laughs> night with the head of a hawk like put over, and he's like, "I am Osiris, Osiris service me." Except there's more echo on his voice. I can yeah. put that in in post, actually, if you'd like. <laughs> it would be awesome. I would say that's how most cults start. With uh, usually they start out very almost benign and kind mm-hmm. of wanting to help humanity, but then they sort of, as the cult leaders gain more power, they tend to become sort of corrupted by their own power. Something about power corrupting. Yeah. <laughs> about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> And, and also, paranoia, paranoia, and paranoia yeah. is, a, is a part of it, too. The teetering edge of kookiness. I think uh, filling your life with lies in order to get people to do what you want just leads to paranoia. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they're going to find out. I've, I've lied five times to these people. That's early on. And then like a year later, my, I've lied to these people a hundred times. Which one are they going to figure out? So mm-hmm. you just get more paranoid and worried and guilty. I also think a lot of cult leaders also instill a sense of specialness in their followers. Mm-hmm. That they they're get, exclusive. They're exclusive. They have special um, information. They're the yeah. chosen ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Only that, these 300 people will go up to heaven. That's kind of intoxicating yeah. in and of its own right, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you're in on something. What else you got in your list there for uh, interesting cults that we can talk about? Well, I wanted to talk about Om Shinrikyo. Om Shinrikyo. Which pro- right. most people probably remember from uh, March 20th, 1995, when they released sarin gas into the uh, Tokyo subway system. Oh, these are the sarin gas guys? Yeah. The uh, leader of the cult was named Shoko Asahara. They actually manufactured their own sarin gas in a temple that was devoted to the goddess Shiva, the destroyer. Mm. Uh The Tokyo uh, subway uh, was not their first sarin gas attack. They actually had one the previous year where they converted a refrigerated truck to release sarin gas in front of the homes of judges that were presiding over a lawsuit over real estate. That they were the real estate cult. And uh, seven people uh, died in that initial attack. And yet they were still uh, able to pull off another attack. I don't believe they were caught for the first one. So uh, in the second one, 13 people died. Does anybody have an idea what their motive was behind this attack? Well, the attacks that happened on the subway system were all near the uh, Japanese government buildings. 
So they're like an anti-government thing. Kind of. They also believe the apocalypse was happening in 1997. So who cares if we get convicted of sarin gas poisoning? Uh, we're going to be raptured up or whatever they yeah. thought was going mm-hmm. on shortly thereafter. Yeah, their doomsday prophecy was outlined, uh, including a World War III instigated by the United States culminating in a nuclear Armageddon. How does the sarin gas thing factor in? Because this is the part that was sketchy about that story to begin with. Like, that's why I didn't recognize the name of the cult, because very few details came out right in and around the time of the story. Mm -hmm. what, What do we know now about these guys? Well, many of them are actually physicists. And doctors. They're actually very highly educated. Really? Yeah. And one of the main guys named Iku Hayashi was a a medical doctor who became the uh, head guy perpetrating the attacks. Originally, the cult started, I believe, in the 80s. 1984, yeah. 1984. And it was originally just a a meditation cult that believed that you could cure all illnesses using meditation. And uh, and then as the cult grew... It transmuted into, mm. let's gas everybody. And yeah. I, see, I see the leap of logic here. This makes perfect sense to me. And let me tell you, if you want to know one of the major flags for bullshit, it's when somebody tells you that something cures almost everything. It's step one in the bullshit meter. Yeah. <laughs> step like, 10 is there's a nuclear Armageddon coming and we should gas everybody. <laughs> I guess this is that escalation thing again. 1984, hey, let's meditate and it'll solve all your problems. 1996, let's gas 13 people on a train. They killed 13 people and severely injured 50. And then there's, I think, a couple thousand more who suffered from uh, vision loss afterwards. Nausea or whatever else it causes kind of thing. Hey, it's nerve gas. The nerve of that gas. Sarin gas is actually classified as a weapon of mass destruction by the UN. If only they'd found some in Iraq. I also read that they attempted to manufacture a thousand automatic rifles but only managed to make one. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy to manufacture. (laughs) (laughs) Alm tested their sarin on sheep at a remote ranch in Western Australia, killing 29 sheep. They get around. Wow, they started with sheep. Now, can you eat nerve gas killed sheep? Is that safe? Do we know? know. Would that add a certain spiciness to it? Kind of like a fugu? A fugu fish? That's a good question. Maybe if you spit roasted it a little longer? Yeah. Well, I heard that the the amount of sarin that fits on a a pin top can kill an adult human. The answer is probably no. Okay. I can really taste the sarin in this sheep. They didn't marinate it in sarin. No, but it was enough to kill that sheep. It's Uh 500 times more toxic than cyanide. Yeah, I'm going to pass. All right. I'm going to pass on the the, the, uh, lamb vindaloo. Sarin lamb vindaloo. Uh, when they were releasing the gas on the subway systems, they carried it in plastic bags in, wrapped inside newspapers and dropped them on, into the car and then punctured it with uh, sharpened umbrellas oh. and then ran off the subway car. Very penguiny. I thought for a millisecond <laughs> yeah. there was going to be like a total suicide thing, but they just, uh, they just ran. No, they ran on, they had getaway uh, cars waiting for them. So this is officially premeditated. There was actually even one member, one person on the on a subway car who thought it was very suspicious and actually kicked the bag and sent it into the station and killed a couple people waiting for the train at the oh. station. Ah. But well, I guess better idea, than him. We still haven't really like hit on the motive behind the entire attack. Was it just for mayhem purposes or does anybody even know? Like, I mean, I'm assuming that they were all convicted. Yeah, the uh, the ten main perpetrators were actually. I didn't even know this, but Japan has a death penalty. Oh, okay. Uh, none of them, I don't believe, have actually been killed. The mode of execution in Japan is by hanging, but the, a lot of them have appealed and have gotten life sentences. But they were all originally convicted and sentenced to death sentences. Even even I believe one of the guys who's in the getaway car actually also got a life sentence. Well, that makes sense. He's a participant. I think we can all agree that the guy who drove them there, knowing what they were going to do. 
should get yeah. punished. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody's like, uh, all right, uh, Kevin, we want you to, uh, you're not going to kill anybody. You're just going to drive us there to kill a bunch of people. So, yeah. and I don't think you would ever be like, oh, okay, good. So I'm in the clear. Yeah. Nobody's going to get me. All I did was drive the people with nerve gas. Imagine how nervous they were on the drive over. Everyone's got these nerve gas filled plastic <laughs> bags on their laps. They're all kind of like, don't hit a bump, dude. Avoid the potholes. Get that umbrella away from me. <laughs> Slow down. Keep your sharpened umbrellas pointed to the ground. Hey, guys, my bag's got a leak. <laughs> oh, no. One of the interesting things about this cult, though, is they actually created an anime series. What? what? Yeah, there's clips of it on YouTube. Did they poison people with sarin gas in the series? Ah, uh, the leader becomes a phoenix and flies away. Snatch, snatch. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So what I find surprising about a cult that thinks that 1997 is when the world was going to end is that now in 2011, it still exists and has, well, actually, according to this, a June 2005 report by the National Police Agency says that uh, Aleph has approximately 1650 members. Doomsday. Like it's been 16 not years. not be the most important part or, uh, for some people. I don't know. 14 years since the world was supposed to end. I saw a video about this cult. And in the video, it looked like the members had big masks of the main guy, of uh, Shoko, but they didn't say anything about it. I couldn't find any more information about it, but I thought that was hilarious. This would be that... like if the Republican Party all wore Reagan masks yeah, everywhere exactly. they went. That'd be awesome. I believe it was, that was part of our recruiting video. Oh, yeah. Nothing recruits like uh, wearing funny masks. That's what caught me on this podcast. <laughs> I've got Order of the Solar Temple. This is Geneva, 1984. Those are the same guys who did mass suicide in Quebec, like a few years after that. That's right. Uh, the Order of the Solar Temple was a secret society based upon the New Age myth of the continuing existence of the Knights Templar, started by Joseph de Mambro and Luc Jure in 1984 in Geneva. In October 1994, Tony Dutois' infant son, aged three months, was killed at the group center in Morin Heights, Quebec. The baby had been stabbed repeatedly with a wooden stake. Oh, vampire baby. This is exactly how it all goes down in the horror movies. They have a vampire baby, and they stab with a stake, and then they all get blamed. Oh, you murderer. These are people could be terribly, terribly misunderstood. That's true. They may have saved us from yeah. the vampire tween. Well, it is curious that you'd say that because, I mean, Torn can tell us why they did this. It was believed that DeMambro ordered the murder because he identified the baby as the Antichrist described in the Bible. So it's like Rosemary's baby. So, and he <laughs> did this in 1994. The other, cult, yeah. the other cult thought the world would end in 97. Maybe it would have ended if they hadn't killed this baby. Stab the baby oh. repeatedly with a stake. I'm oh, telling you. It's a cult mashup. Uh, Not that we're condoning the stabbing of babies with stakes. We're, st- we're condoning the stabbing of antichrists with stakes. At any age. Yeah. A few days later, DeMambro and 12 followers performed a ritual last supper. A few days after that, apparent mass suicides and murders were conducted at two villages in Switzerland and at Morin Heights. Fifteen inner circle members committed suicide with poison. Thirty were killed by bullets or smothering, and eight others were killed by other causes. Many of the bodies, when found, were drugged, possibly to prevent the members from objecting. The buildings were then set on fire by timer devices, purportedly as one last symbol of the group's purification. They wanted to make sure it got done. How is making sure everybody dies a win? How is that a positive? Like your cult is being uh, captured or whatever. You're worried about being found out and disbanded. How does everybody dying work out as a win over that? Because you go to a better place. Okay. Y'all go to heaven. Y'all yeah. go to, well, whatever nirvana that you believe in. So this really yeah. Have you forgotten about the afterlife, Joe? Or you, oh, beam, up, I, or you yeah. beam up to the spaceship or whatever their particular thing is, right? So doesn't that kind of hints that these guys actually believed this? Like as opposed to the leaders being, haha, we got all our money. Well, it's, uh, you know, some of these leaders are, uh, you know, just the, the paranoia kind of. Oh, yeah. It could be that, uh, wow, we're getting found out. I don't want these people to want their money back. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to kill yourselves. Yeah. See ya. Uh, in Western Switzerland, 48 members of the sect died in another apparent mass murder-suicide. Many of the victims were found in a secret underground chapel lined with mirrors and other items of Templar symbolism. The bodies were dressed in the order's ceremonial robes and were in a circle, feet together, heads outward, most with plastic bags tied over their heads. They had each been shot in the head. They think that wasn't suicide. Well, the plastic bag certainly connotes suicide, but you might have had a couple of ejectors, a couple of, oh, this plastic bag. I don't want to put this plastic bag on my head. It is believed that the Solar Temple group continues to exist with 30 surviving members in Quebec at the Saint-Anne-de-la-Parade Center with from 140 to 500 members remaining worldwide. And in the news, some of the robes belonging to the priests of the Doomsday Order, the Solar Temple cult, are currently on display at the Quebec Museum of Folk Culture. Temporary exhibition, Quebec en crime. Quebec Ah. en crime. Yeah. Doomsday cults. (laughs) Gotta love them. (laughs) What's next? Heaven's Gate. Nice. Good choice. Oh, I love these guys. (laughs) Why do you love them so much, Kevin? Because they castrated themselves. And I think to myself, that shows dedication. Just that and they wore purple robes and Nikes. And, yeah. Uh, Nike Windrunners. Yeah. And they and they <laughs> they thought they were going to be – was it Haley's Comet? They thought they were going to jump? Hale-Bop Comet. Hale-Bop. Hale-Bop Comet. They thought they were going to – there was a spaceship at the center of the comet and they were going to be beamed up to the spaceship upon their death. The, the end of your corporal being on Earth. I love the fact they killed themselves on bunk beds. Yeah. That's just classy. That's homey. <laughs> Reminds me of my childhood. If I castrated myself – I'd want to hurry up and get to the killing myself part. That's why the castration does show dedication. I mean, if you kill yourself, like if you screwed up, doesn't matter, you're dead. Now, I don't know. You the don't m- have to worry about it for very long. Was it like a snip, snip, or was it like a chemical thing? Or does anybody know about the castration? It was done in Mexico. That's all I know. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> so I'm sure it's a snip, snip. I think they all had like a little jar of formaldehyde on their bedside table. Well, they believed in, in leaving behind all earthly pleasures. Of course. So it wasn't just. Uh, Those are the best pleasures, though, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Those are the only pleasures as far as I'm concerned. Uh, tell me more because, like, the only thing that I've honestly retained, obviously, is the, uh, the castration thing. What else? <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> and the Nikes. Yeah. They actually had a, a, a company where they created websites. That's oh, yeah. They, they were like uh, computer yeah, programmers. Yeah, they had a bitch and logo. Computer programmers or web designers or something like that? Were they all like that or just, like, the guys who sort of generated the money? I think it was just a core group. Right. We're, we're creating the websites, but that's how they made the majority of their money. This is out of California. Yeah, and I, I, I guarantee it, they had a lot more time to program after they castrated themselves. And I'm sure everybody remembers Doe. I don't remember Doe. No, what's Doe? He was the leader. Oh, His okay. original name was Marshall Applewhite. That's right. He had the crazy eyes. Yes. Marshall Applewhite. And uh, I believe he had a, a couple of videos that uh, he made before they committed suicide. I bet you can see some of those on YouTube as well. I guess we'll put some links on the website, com, obviously. And it was him and a woman named Bonnie Nettles who originally uh, started the cult. After Applewhite had a heart attack, he had a near-death experience, and he convinced his nurse, who was Bonnie Nettles, that they were the two, which, are, which is a reference to the two witnesses in the Book of Revelation. So there is sort of a little bit of a Christianity, a book of Revelation in there. Yeah. And they, they also had uh, aliases. Doe was also known as Bo, and Bonnie went by Peep and Ty. Yeah, it's evil. Yeah, it's Peep. Hard. Peep. It's, it's hard. Peep and Bo. <laughs> it's it definitely, it's hard to sit there and talk to a couple of people who refer to themselves as Peep and Bo. And, uh, oh, wait a minute, Bo Peep? Bo Peep. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, nursery and, rhymes and she, are in there. The top two people in your cult are Little Bo Peep and... Uh, little you know, Bo Peep mass-suicided her sheep. Like, you kind of, you listen to them talking, like, oh, 
Oh, peep. It's the cutest cult ever. <laughs> the cult was originally called Human Individual Metamorphosis. Him. Him. They believed that their bodies were vehicles for their souls. Like shells. Okay. That's not unusual. No, that's not unusual. That's how you, how you can believe that once you kill yourself, you get transported up to the spaceship. Yeah, your, exactly. Your, your essential energy flies off into space. Exactly. Anybody know why they chose the Hale-Bopp comet? Was it just convenient? Where they got the idea called, that yeah. there was a spaceship behind the comet? Yeah. Does anybody have any idea on that front? I assume it came to him in a dream. Of course. A vision. His near-death experience, perhaps. In uh, October of 1996, they actually purchased alien abduction insurance. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could get that. It's like uh, they insured Mary Hart's legs, like for a million dollars. I'm sure they would insure your legs torn for like for twelve a buck and a quarter. What kind of odds does the adjustment guy figure out when figuring out what you have to pay and what you can pay for alien get? abduction? Yeah, insurance. What percentage of people get abducted by aliens? Yeah, and you know, what? trying to collect on that. I'm going to tell you zero. Trying to collect on your alien abduction. It's a insurance. sure bet. I think I'm going to start an alien abduction insurance company. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Do we know how they committed suicide exactly? They committed suicide in three groups over three days. First, they injected uh, phenobarbital in the applesauce or pudding. Which, okay. So eat the pudding, eat the pudding, be... eat the pudding, 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 eat the pudding. That was the <laughs> Don't last eat the meal. Then they took a cyanide, a combination of cyanide and arsenic. So the first group took phenobarbital and that killed them. I think phenobarbital just kind of puts you to sleep. All right. And then they'd ingested cyanide and arsenic and put bags over their head. And the first batch, 15, killed themselves on March 24th. And then another 15 on March 25th. And then nine people on March 26th. And Doe was the third to last member to go to the Hale-Bopp Comet. <laughs> and uh, there's two women who were the last ones to uh, kill themselves, and they did not have bags on their heads. Mm. All right, okay. And I understand they also had armband patches that read Heaven's Gate Away Team. Away Team. Wow, so they're Star Trek nerds. You have so much to answer for, Star Trek. There was no stabbing babies with wooden stakes. There's none of this Jonestown-like... Going around and shooting the children who are still squirming. And, you know, there was none of this ugliness. It was all so quaint. It, was all, it took all the evil out of Doomsday Suicide Cult. The suicides were conducted in shifts, and the remaining members of the group cleaned up after each prior group's death. How much cleaning up is required? Well, you know what happens when you die. You poop your pants? Yeah. Sometimes even before you die. Mm-hmm. You think they would just wear Depends or something. Yeah. I mean, they went to all the trouble of putting on their freshest Nikes. Maybe those plastic bags shouldn't have gone on their heads. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, snap. Joe, you got cult leader written all over you. <laughs> we can stick to UFO cults. Yeah, let's do that. All right. We can talk about the Raelians. Oh, you're dying to talk about Raelians, aren't oh. you? Well, that's our Canadian content. <laughs> All right, give us a skinny on the Raelians. Raelians were started in France by a race car journalist and race car driver named Claude Vorlehon. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sounds like it might have gotten a little too much exhaust. Yeah, it was originally started in uh, 1974. And uh, he believed that life on Earth was created by an extraterrestrial named Elohim. Now, was that a species or just one? There's some Uh, controversy about that, I think, because some people think it was just one individual and some people think it was a number of extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, Elohim was an extraterrestrial scientist and he created life on Earth using genetic experiments. We're a petri dish. Right? That's why the, the, the Raelians support a GMO technology. Mm-hmm. And also, they're really into cloning. Didn't they create their own company called Clonade? They did. And they, they Don't f- drink the Clonade, <laughs> Kevin. 
Worst sugary drink ever. <laughs> that would be disgusting. Just, it tastes exactly like my last glass. <laughs> uh, uh, it just tastes like a bunch of cells. Uh, well, so, okay, Raelians are into cloning. All right. They okay. claim to have cloned two babies, but there's never right. been any proof. I remember the news articles on that. and everybody, Cult has cloned a baby. The news reported it without any kind of skepticism at all. Mm-hmm. And then a right. week later, it was like, oh, uh, yeah, we don't have any evidence of that. Which just sounds so good. Yeah. Why wouldn't they start like simpler? Why don't they clone things that actually can be clonable like sheep? And Well, because they didn't actually do it. Oh. They just said they did it. Wow. Spoiler alert, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the cult. I know this is shocking. The cult lied. What a bunch of jerks. They also um, want to fight for the right for women to go topless in public. Now we show that when you have crazy beliefs, you can randomly get good ones. No, you get a good one. You get a good one in there to bring in people. That's true. They got the PR game down pat. A lot of people believe that they say that because it's a recruiting method. Where do I sign up? <laughs> no kidding. They're, they're also very uh, uh, believe in sexual freedom as mm-hmm. well. Oh, now. That's um, against the laws of nature. Oh, no, wait. It's not at all. <laughs> Cloning, maybe, but free love, not at all. They've been accused of holding uh, orgies. Accused? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulated? Yeah. <laughs> These guys are kind of taking the evil out of cult, too. We got back to back, like, feel good cults. And they're headquartered in Quebec. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Do I, I go there? Yeah. Do no. I? These guys sound relatively harmless. They pretend to clone things and they want to have sex with everybody and walk around topless. And where's the downside to this cult? Ooh, another one where everybody has sex with the leader, uh, but all the other dudes have to be celibate. Because the Waco guys were like that. What's his name from Waco? He got to have sex with everybody and nobody had to get to have sex with anybody else. That, that's quite common in a lot of cults. I know. Yeah. yeah. That's the serious. That's Something the about a leader being yeah. important. More <laughs> yeah. important than anyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a friend whose sister was involved in a cult. And oh, yeah? uh, it was very much like that. It was the only person who could have sex was a cult leader. And, of course, he targeted young, nubile women right. to be a part of Shocking. his cults. I think that's the main reason to start a cult is to get laid, it seems like. It's the main that's reason a... to start a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I have an anecdote from our listener, Karen. Oh, Karen okay. with a Y. She wrote, uh, the Worldwide Church of God was started by Herbert Armstrong in 1934. Attracted both of my grandmothers, who were uneducated farm wives, my dad's mom held to it all the way to the end, insisting that a sermon on the wonders of creationism be given at her funeral. The church was an offshoot of evangelicalism with an apocalyptic flair. The church held sharply to Old Testament ideals with certain meats being avoided and the Ten Commandments being held in high regard. Celebrations for Christmas, birthdays, Easter, or any other celebration with pagan roots were strictly forbidden. Women were not allowed to talk in church. The world was going to end in 1975. Both my parents were encouraged not to go to college since higher education was looked down on at that time. Also easier to keep them culty. No thinking allowed. My mom and dad were brought together by the local church pastor and told to marry and have kids. My parents had my brother in 1972 when Armstrong made his first prediction of the revelation. They were told not to have any more children as they were not likely to be saved in time to be taken into heaven. As 1975 came and passed without any judgment from the skies, my parents started to doubt the honesty of Herbert's words. Splits among members were happening at a surprising rate. My parents decided to have another baby when they realized the world was not going to end. Then, in 1978, my parents were shocked into reality when they heard about the 900-plus dead members of the Jim Jones cult. 
They both immediately left organized religion behind. Oh, well, there you Good go. Good for them. Their family was actually two generation back-to-back cultures. It's not even that somebody like saved them or tried to convince them. You have to hear about this. They just kind of started analyzing themselves. And then that information about a similar cult that was yep. different, which allowed them to probably get an outside perspective of it and go, well, that cult's crazy. Wait a minute. They're preaching the exact same thing our cult was. This is kind of a good segue into Jonestown. We want to talk about the Jonestown massacre? I know that it was in, uh, they moved to Guyana to yep. set up their colony. Mm-hmm. I know that the shit started to go down when journalists showed up. And, and then a there was senator. Because somebody, some relative of somebody in the cult informed the authorities that something's going on. They sent the senator and then there was some gunfire at the airport when they were trying to get out of town. Yeah, they killed him. And that's when Jim Jones basically decided. Well, he'd been talking it's time for, for a, a, for a mass suicide. I guess at that point in time, he'd been talking for months about doing a mass suicide and was kind of prepping everybody for it. And it's like he would tell them that the Kool Aid was poisoned, and then they flavor aid, whatever. He would tell <laughs> them that it was poisoned, and then they would drink it and they wouldn't die, and it was a test of faith. Yeah, exactly. And he'd been doing that for months, but there were a couple of people who were kind of like. Hmm, why would you be practicing this mass suicide if you weren't ever potentially yeah. going to try it's like a, it? It's like a fire drill. So there was this one guy who was kind of like, I want to get out, right? I want to take my wife and my kids with me. But uh, he tried to get out and they caught him and then they wouldn't let his family leave. They said, you could leave, but we're keeping your family. And so mm. he decided to stay and try and figure out a way to get about him. And he slipped a note to the senator while he was there, like, help, we're being held captive, get us right, out of here. Right, okay. And that was sort of like pushed him over the edge. He, I guess he was a, a, a methamphetamine addict oh. and uh, liked to stay awake for weeks on end and become increasingly paranoid and delusional all the time. And, is this uh, Jim Jones or this, the guy who this, slipped the thing? No, this is Jim Jones himself, okay. right? And so, yeah, I guess he'd been on quite a bender at this point in time, so... They uh, murdered the senator and his uh, and his aides. Well, they were trying to get on a plane. It wasn't a senator; it was a congressman. Oh, sorry, congressman. Congressman Leo Ryan. Once you once you kill a congressman, you probably thinking, eh, I'm planning on killing us all anyway. Might as well pull up the schedule. And so that was uh, 909 temple members died in Jonestown. Uh, yeah. all but two of them from cyanide poisoning, and that was the largest single loss of American civilian life in a non-natural disaster until 9/11. Yeah, and a uh, lot of them were children. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know Jim Jones poisoned the children first. Yeah. So the parents would lose their will to live. I remember seeing footage of uh, some of the parents like administering the cyanide to the young babies in like eyedroppers and stuff like that. There was also the group of bodyguards who had guns who had shot the congressman. They were all going around and if anybody was sort of so- showing signs of life, they would shoot them. And mm. so there were a handful of people who either didn't drink the Kool-Aid but pre- pretended to die kind of thing. Oh, I see. And so there were a handful of people that actually survived the poisoning itself, but and some of them that were shot to death. Yeah. And it was quite a horrifying little episode, but yeah, this goes to show you how extremism and paranoia is a deadly combination. Yeah, there was one guy who survived. Um, he watched his children die, and then he watched his wife die, and then he was suddenly filled with the will to live, mm. and yeah. he ran. Yeah, and there was a group of like eight or ten of them that had run away like during the day, the day of, because they knew something was happening. So they just kind of like bolted. snuck out. The, they just bolted through the jungle and eventually were like picked up along the road and uh, taken to safety. And yeah, But they were afraid of the road because they thought that, 
followers might be looking for them and so yeah. they're kind of avoiding it for a while but then eventually they got out scary again like it was like a commune right you know when you got yeah. in the 70s 60s and 70s like going away and living on a commune and stuff like that was fairly common without necessarily having culty implications right like you just be a hippie and i think that's like how this whole thing started is that the reason they went to guyana was to get back to nature kind of thing right, right? and like to not be influenced by society or government getting or away from wrong. the man that's right. i only want to be influenced by this one guy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jim Jones's church, when he started it in California, was one of the few churches at the time that was actually integrated. Hmm. That's that's kind of an example of how it kind of started out being a more interesting, more like you know benign social thing, and then it became something crazy. The biggest lies start with a pleasant truth. Yeah. So it's like we should be nice to each other and not care about the color of people's skins. Yeah, you're right. And uh, aliens, and you should kill yourself. Okay. Well, you're right about that other thing. Twice, I've, people have attempted to uh, lure me into a cult. What? Really? On two separate occasions, same cult. Are you talking about the band? Yes. Do you, do you need I'm a new bass player? I supposed to be player? the backup singer for the cult. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Tambourine player? I'd have said yes instantly. Uh, yeah, no, there's this, uh, the, the guy who directed the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's, in, he's like one of the major players in this uh, cult that starts out by telling you that if you want to get a better job and you want to have make more money, and it's very like focused on the professional angle of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it ends up becoming all-consuming. And I know a couple of people who are in it, and they keep trying to get me to come out Ooh. to meetings and stuff like that. And I, I went to a meeting with a friend of mine because I didn't realize that it was culty. I thought we were going to like talk about the movie and the implications of the movie. Oh. I, was, I, was, I was pitched as like a uh, speech put on by this guy okay. to talk about his film, right? Okay. So I'm a film guy. I'm like, yeah. hey, yeah, yeah, I'll go and watch a Q&A with a direct, writer-director about – I didn't see the movie, but it you know it it was it did the whole festival circuit and it sure. I, I'd heard of it, so yeah, it had yeah. some notoriety. So I thought, oh, I'll go and check it out. And uh, about fifteen minutes into it, I turned to my friend. I said, "This is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go." And the weirdest part about the whole experience was they had a little Q and A session. But all the Q and A, like it was so obvious that these people in the crowd were plants. Yeah, and they'd get, they'd stand up and like, I have a question, and how can I improve my life and make my life better? I don't know which direction I'm going about. <laughs> like, oh well, all you have to do is come to our seminar and shell out. That may seem like a lot of money at first, but how much money is too much money to think of it as an life? investment to improve your life tenfold? Yeah. Is that worth? $2,000? Is that worth $3,000? It's cheap at twice the price. And you're like, that means it's twice the price of that. That's what that <laughs> means. That's what he says that. Yeah, it was a very strange experience. And they have a little uh, coffee break in the middle of it. And I, I bolted. You didn't drink the coffee? I did not drink the coffee. And they, <laughs> and they sent the, the people who look skeptical or like, I don't know how they pick us out in the crowd, but they send people over to talk to you. And you get kind of like corralled in a uh. corner. And they're all like, hey, what do you think of this? And like, they all ask these innocent questions yeah, yeah. or whatever to see if you sort of fit the mold or if you're susceptible. All I did is I turned to them and I went, this isn't for me. And they're like, okay. And then they want you out. Then they're trying to hustle you away because they don't want you to talk no, to the no other dissenters. people. Right? They want your negative vibrations messing with the aura of the room, man. Yeah, no. So they're like, yeah, I think it's a good idea that you go then. Yeah, yeah, okay, you should go, right? And should then, I call uh, you a cab? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can I validate your parking? Yeah, get out of here. All right, sweet. Six weeks later, I go on a date with this girl, but I thought it went really well. Called me a couple of days later and we were talking and I, I thought it was setting up for uh, 
hot date number two. And uh, she threw the old, like, well, you're a really smart guy and – you know, you know what's going on, and you have a warning lots of, flag. You have Anytime lots of, someone tells Kevin he's a smart guy, oh, I, I'm telling you, nothing works like stroking my ego. I'll tell you that. That's, <laughs> a, that's I like that stroke more than anything. And yeah, she throws the old, oh, you've got lots of potential, and I think I know how to maximize your potential. Warning flag two. <laughs> I'm maxed out. I'll tell you that right now. So, but uh, I thought by maximize my potential, I had no idea where that was going. But she threw the old like, uh, oh, you should come to this seminar that I'm going to go to. You should come with me. I'm like, what? What kind of mm. seminar? A maximizing no potential seminar? Yeah, no one's ever invited me to a seminar. That doesn't sound hot. Doesn't sound like you, where you I didn't think you're going to make out in the back? Yeah. I'm like, uh, seminar? Doesn't sound like first and a half base, under I, the shirt, but over the bra. I'm like, did you mispronounce seminal? Is that what you just mispronounced? <laughs> She's no? taking you to the seminary? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it was this, this exact same cult. Like six weeks after I tried to recruit me the first time, I, yeah. they were everywhere. There's a term for those people, isn't there? Yeah, it's called flirty fishing. Wow. Flirty fishing? What does that mean? Uh, usually, when a when a when a cult wants to indoctrinate other people, they uh, send out young ladies to flirt with men, and you know, there's men who flirt with women to get them interested in the uh, cult. And usually, it starts out with a seminar, you know, something innocuous. Wow. You got flirty fished. She should have worked a little bit harder. She should have taken me out once or twice more, and maybe it would have worked. Who mm. knows? If she was a fisher, she needed to really sink the hook in before yeah, she was going to pull me on no board. There was no barb on that hook. She wasn't that good a kisser. <laughs> she was saving the good stuff for the leader. Big surprise, everybody dies. 
in the news. <laughs> April 16th, Tokyo, 2011. Mm-hmm. The Public Security Intelligence Agency last year conducted on-site inspections of 32 facilities belonging to the Aum Shinrikyo cult under a law designed to curb activities of the organization whose members had committed indiscriminate mass murder. So they're, they're searching their facilities... Why? Because they suspect they're going to be they're planning another attack or something? Uh, the cult responsible for the deadly 1995 sarin nerve gas attack in the Tokyo subway system, which killed 13 people, and other lethal crimes, had a total of 1,500 members as of December 31st, including its main grouping, which has been renamed Aleph, and a splinter group called Hikari no Wa, Circle of Rainbow Light. Double rainbow. Double All rainbow. the way. All the way. At the facilities, photos of Aum founder Shoko As- Asahara, 56, who was on death row, were still displayed and followers chanted, It is our pleasure to die for the guru, in celebration of his birthday. But they were raided by, poli- by authorities. No, 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 no. They conducted on-site inspections. Oh, okay. It's not a raid. Probably went in with chemical sniffers to see if there was any uh, sarin they, gas or anything else being made. Or, to, or to find their one machine gun. But they didn't find anything. Well, they found... Chanting. Chanting and pictures. All right, okay. Maybe some manga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their anime <laughs> series. Which I tried to sell them a box set. Pop culture then, I guess. Lots of cults in movies. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the cult of the snake. And uh, James Earl Jones as the cult leader. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're going to have a cult Thulsa leader, Doom. have one with a voice like James Earl Jones. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. He's got the charisma. His tone is like hypnotic, man. Did you ever see him on Sesame Street doing the alphabet? Yeah. That was creepy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. A- we totally have to put that, a- on, the, put B- that on the website. C. D. He acts every single one like. <laughs> really? So it's not. He's, the, he's, he's having like, a good time. He's not just F? doing the voiceover. He's actually like full no, on he's on there. Camera. Yeah, he's a younger James Earl Jones doing the alphabet on Sesame Street. So I would join your snake cult. Yeah, no kidding. Alphabet cult. Oh, the cult of Sesame I'm Street. I'm telling you, you could have a lot less. There are a lot weirder cults out there than James Earl Jones reading the alphabet from a podium every week. <laughs> <laughs> then there's Ghostbusters. The cult uh, of Gozer. Oh. Yeah, okay. Which, uh, the leader of the cult was Evo Shandor. Evo Shandor. All right. Remember okay. Evo Shandor? No. Somebody <laughs> hasn't been doing his homework. <laughs> Stu is here. He'd slap you. I wanted to mention Videodrome. Oh, I haven't oh, seen it. Okay. Yeah, there's the Church of the Cathode Tube. Oh, oh, right, of course. Exploding heads, too. I mean, how can you go wrong with exploding heads? What's their philosophy? Watch TV. <laughs> yeah, they, they, More uh, TV. they planted TVs in homeless shelters. Oh. To recruit homeless people to their church. They have those uh, now. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. How can you talk about calls without talking about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? They pull a heart out of a guy's chest while he's still alive. That's true. And it's still beating. Yeah, and then they throw him in the fire and the heart burns in his hand. It's awesome. And that was based on the thuggy, if I recall. That's right. Yeah. But it, when researching this, I realized that the thuggy is not actually really a cult. They're just kind of like a fraternity of uh, murderers and of robbers. Murderers and robbers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although some of them did worship Kali, it mm. wasn't like a religious mm-hmm. no. requirement in any way. Which which Kali, movie? the god of death. I wanted to mention the movie Jingoku. I've heard of that. Jingoku. I don't know about okay. this. There were actually three versions. The first one was made in 1960, the second in 1970, and the third one, which I've seen, is 1999, and it means Japanese hell. Oh, okay. And basically, it is actually about the um, Shinrikyo cult. Oh, really? And, okay. Uh, the first half is basically well, wait, sort of the 1960 version isn't obviously about the um, Shinrikyo cult, is no, it? No, I think yeah. they do, it's movies with the same name. So the 1999 version, um, they have Shoku Asahara 
they they sort of focus on him. Uh-huh. It's kind of interesting because they make him really dirty, like he has really bad dandruff. Oh, really? Which, you know, in Japan, if you want to diss somebody, you, you Give diss dandruff? their personal <laughs> hygiene. <laughs> but it's very interesting because the last half of the movie, movie is the members go to hell. And it's okay. just them being tortured by demons. If they released it in 1999, that means they shot it... 1997, maybe 1998 at the latest. So it, it's on the heels of the sarin gas thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're probably trying to bank on that public outrage at the crimes yeah. of these guys. Right? It was almost like a social catharsis. Yeah, no kidding. Let's send them to hell and have them tormented. Yeah, and the uh, the costumes of the demons are actually really cool. Mm-hmm. There's also a porno Ooh. that is has a cult theme. I'm oh, listening. As opposed to a cult of porno where mm-hmm. everybody just sits around and watches porn? It's from 1975 and it's called The Rites of Uranus. Ooh. Oh. There's a great shot which shows a, a young lady on all fours with her bum in the air and a candle up her butt. Uh. And... Uh, Cult members uh, wearing robes and holding candles and uh, chanting, Hail Uranus, open your dark passage. Uh, I see where this is going. That's what I call anal enlightenment. I don't want to ruin the movie for the listeners, but... How does it end? Do they they open the the secret passage? (laughs) Of course they do. And then close it, and then open it, and then close it. I watched... Young Sherlock Holmes, finally. That was the first CG character. I remember they made a big deal out of it. Any movie? Really? Yeah, first fully CG, yeah. The uh, night stained glass from the night. stained glass window. Oh, yeah. Because okay. the whole premise of the movie is there's a, an Egyptian cult. Yeah. Their motivation is highly suspect, but <laughs> they've got thorns that they blow through a blowpipe and it sticks into your neck. And you hallucinate. And then you start to hallucinate. And then you kill yourself. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You run out in front of a carriage. You yeah, jump exactly. off a building. Yeah, I mean, I remember you that. fight to death with an imaginary stained glass night. But the best one, the best hallucination was the young Watson is a bit of a roly-poly young fellow. Mm-hmm. His hallucination was he, he was being attacked by pastries and yes, cakes. I do remember yeah. that. And they, they were not CG. They Just were, being thrown at him from <laughs> off screen. <laughs> it was the old thing like, oh, there's a muffin right in my mouth trying to get into it. And he's clearly holding it. <laughs> but the rest of them were all like stop motion animation. It's maybe that, was a, that part was documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. It's kind of like the California Raisins, but sweeter. Yeah. Comics, Batman, The Cult. Who read it? Not I. Nope. nope. No. Nobody read Batman the Cult. Not even me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, quick. Let's get a quick synopsis from the interweb so we can at least mention it. And people won't go, how come you didn't mention Batman the Cult? (laughs) So Batman the Cult was a four-issue comic book published in 1988, written by Jim Starlin. Illustrated by Bernie Wrightson. The story follows the machinations of Deacon Blackfire and his band of homeless followers who have kidnapped Batman before before the events of this story. Following a lengthy period of captivity, Batman slowly succumbs to brainwashing. Batman is eventually freed from the cult, but takes a long time to recover from his treatment at their hands. These days, brainwashing Batman would be impossible. Batman has become, like, unbreakable. It's true. He he falls into the category of Superman, certainly. He falls in that same sort of area where they don't really have any faults. There's, like, no chinks in their armor, right? It's, uh, It's why I don't really enjoy those comics, because it doesn't feel like there's any consequences, right? Because you know that they can't do anything to these untouchable characters. But those stories are always about the other people around those characters. 
Very much so. I mean, but yeah, if this were to be written today, what would happen is they would think they had him brainwashed and think he was totally beat, and we finally cracked the will of the one of the most will, willful men on the planet, and then right at the right point, he'd point out, "No, I was faking the whole time, and now I've got you all." Got you right where I Oh, Batman, you're so awesome. There's the Preacher comic series too. There's a cult in it. Tell me more. Uh, there's a cult in which they uh, they kept Jesus's lineage alive. Basically, what they ended up with was a severely inbred person who was so stupid that he ran into a burning building and died uh, yeah. <laughs> and played with his own feces yeah, yeah. and it, but he was the holiest of holies because he was the direct descendant of jesus but to keep the genetic line true they kept breeding him with they kept breeding the line for two thousand years with its within itself so you end up with like this most inbred creature a, that you could possibly a imagine super mentally challenged jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like a, a, a secondary storyline in the course of the preacher comic book where they had that cult in New Orleans where they all like pretended to be vampires mm. and they had kind of had this cemetery cult. Great comic. Very nasty, but really well written. It was long time rumored that it was going to end up being turned into a TV series or a movie or something like that. And it just, I've never seen it materialize. In fact, I think I may have even seen somewhere an article saying that it had already been cast and, you know, was going into production. And So it's still in development hell. Yeah, like I, I heard one, at one point in time that James Marsden had been tapped to play Preacher, and I thought... He'd be good. He'd be, that he would actually do a really good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always sort of kept my eye on it because I thought it was somewhat entertaining. But I, I, was, I couldn't really imagine it being as a wide-release film with all the stuff that goes on in the yeah. future. All the, mm-hmm. you know, all the sex, all the... I mean, they cut that... Their, their chief villain, they cut his head, says bald head ends up looking like a giant penis and you know all this sort of you know that ass face who shot himself in the face with a shotgun yeah. and now is the middle of his face looks like a puckered sphincter right mm-hmm. the whole thing is funny and irreverent and all the rest of that stuff but how do you turn that into a movie that anybody's going to go and watch no. right yeah it, it well at the first attempt i think was to make an hbo miniseries uh, apparently garth ennis the writer handed hbo the comics and said Every issue is an hour. Oh, but there's 66 issues. Yeah. So you wanted to make a 66-episode miniseries? Well, six seasons. That doesn't really count as a miniseries. That's a maxi-series. No, like an HBO actual series. Yeah. Ex- well, yeah, because the so Sopranos. So six series, 11 episodes per year. So uh, maybe someday there will be a Preacher movie and or TV series, but uh, until further notice. Speaking of TV series, do you remember the Joy of Sect episode of the simpsons the uh, movementarians a cult called the movementarians takes over springfield and homer and the rest of the simpson family become members homer and bart are initially introduced to a pair of young movementarian recruiters in an airport homer becomes brainwashed and moves his family into the cult compound the, the writers grew on many groups to develop the movementarians but were principally influenced by scientology heaven's gates the unification church and people's temple the chant the leader is good the leader is great we surrender our will as of this date uh what about the movie the believers i think i out. saw that when i was in high school yeah it came out in like the 80s it's got uh, martin sheen in it it's about being uh indoctrinated into a cult and it's kind of like a horror movie slash take on the cult thing and getting is it any good brainwashed by people i i mean i i remember liking it when the 80s <laughs> oh the 80s so i can't say that i've ever i've watched it since but it's imdb rating is 5.8 which is not promising nope if you got the flu and you, there's nothing <laughs> else on 